normally when NFL teams had a training camp start, you know, it's a time for all the people to be here to meet the players, talk to all the superstars, time for, you know, the coaches to come out in front of the cameras and talk about the team they got this year and how good they're going to be and what they got going on. Well, for one team in the NFL, the start of their training camp was there, began with their owner, Instead of the coach sitting there talking to the cameras and talking to the people about the team and about, you know, how good or bad their chances are, the Dallas Cowboys, who has an owner that is a, you know, shamelessly rich devil who don't give a damn about anybody or anything, his name is Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones, earlier in the year, the NFL had released news that they had a new policy where at the beginning of the, before the teams get ready to play, when they do the national anthem, they made a rule where no one could kneel or disrespect the flag or the anthem in any way, shape, form, or fashion. So they made it basically made a rule where if you a player in the NFL and you're going to be on the field for the national anthem, you, you must stand, you must salute the flag, you can't protest, you can't kneel, you can't be stretching, you can't be sitting down. If you're going to do anything other than stand and recognize America's greatness and pledge allegiance to the flag, then you got to stay in the back. You can't come out onto the field. When they made that rule, they, they left it up to the individual teams on how they wanted to discipline their players. But there's a fine for any player who comes out on the field and demonstrates against the American flag during the singing of the national anthem. And so a lot of players are uneasy about this. No, no, no grown man want to be told what to do, especially not a grown man who go out and sacrifice his body, you know, for a goddamn football. He breaking, tearing ACLs, tearing Achilles's. Biceps, biceps being torn, triceps falling off their bodies, everybody getting goddamn brain damage and concussions and going insane when they finish their NFL career. The last thing a man who does that for a living wants to hear is somebody telling him what he can and what he can't do. Well, in his usual don't give a damn, F all authority fashion, Jerry Jones, who was the owner of the Cowboys, came out and made sure the first thing that was said for the press conference to start their season is that everybody who's a player on the Dallas Cowboys is going to stand for the national anthem or they're going to get their asses off the team. Now, for, for only to do that, he's making a very bold statement that we ain't going to have nobody on this team that's not going to do what the hell they told to do. And when everybody is, you know, we living in a time and a climate where all of these different racial injustices and all these different racial issues we have in America you would think that the people who have an opportunity to speak up or the people who have an opportunity to give their voice to the problems we're dealing with are those who are valuable to America. You would think the football players, basketball players, actors and entertainers would have the freedom to be able to stand up and speak on behalf of their people, saying as though they're the ones that's making all the money off of their God-given talents. But the Dallas Cowboys owner said, damn that. If you niggas want to stand up and make any statements, you can't be a Dallas Cowboy. And so a lot of people was like, damn, that's, you know, that was pretty bold. And a lot of people were waiting for somebody from the Cowboys, a player, to stand up and say, man, damn that, to hell with what Jerry Jones is saying. He ain't going to tell us what to do. He's not going to bully us. But instead of that, what the Dallas Cowboys fans and black people that like the NFL had to endure this week was the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys coming out and saying that protesting against the flag is wrong, not acknowledging the national anthem and being disrespectful to the flag is a, is, is a bad example for that the players are setting and nobody should disrespect America. 
and that he was and that he was saying, you know, everybody should respect the flag and come out and salute the flag and stand for the national anthem. There's better things that can be done to protest police brutality and violence in the, in, in the streets and the way black people suffering in America. Now, the first thing everybody did was they came out and they called Dak Prescott a coon, right? Is that what your take on it was, Ariel? That's pretty well-deserved. I want to say more than that, but yeah. So, uh, let me ask you this. Why is Dak Prescott a coon for coming out and saying, man, this, this protesting he's, is the wrong thing that we're doing. Is a better, something better we He's a coon doing. specifically because, in his mind, whether he knows it or not, football is more important than black people getting killed by police. And you know it by based on the words he said during the thing. Mm-hmm. He said he said he said football is a thing that brings a lot of love and a lot of um, comfort to people. People cherish football, mm-hmm. and he said this is not the time and the place to talk about those type of issues, racial issues, uh, police brutality. So in his mind, football is so sacred you can't even talk about important things here. You can't even talk about things that matter more here, and that's why he's a cool. He's a cool because. Football is really more important than uh, black people getting killed by police. It's really more important than murders happening. In his mind, his mind, football is so sacred. He can't even t- you can't even talk about. I gotcha. You can't even talk about anything anything else but the game. I got you. Why you having the game? That, that's why he's a coon. Not not just because he he'd be a coon even no matter what he said. Yeah. If no matter what he said, if he was coming against people that protest, I but specifically because. In his mind, that game is more important than people getting killed by the police. Okay. And then that's the that's the perspective that we must all <laughs> acknowledge. You understand? That Prescott is a coon to me. Okay, he's not a coon for saying we shouldn't protest because an argument can be made that that protesting ain't gonna solve shit anyway. That's true. Kneeling before the flag. Now, okay, when Kaepernick did it. The statement is what mattered, not the kneeling. Nobody give a damn about the kneeling. The kneeling fact is. The brother who started it stood up to make a statement that America is not a healthy place. America is not what they making it seem. America is not a place where everybody is free and live good and the army and the military stand up for everybody. Colin Kaepernick started that protest to say, I can't stand for a flag that has my people dying. And that was a righteous thing that Colin Kaepernick did. It was the best that he could come up with being someone who's in the world, being somebody who got a little bit of fame and influence. You understand? He did what he thought was right by, by starting that kneeling protest. What that protest has turned into is now not about... The protest now is not about the police brutality. It's not about black people dying. To me, for me... It got past still, that now. To still be kneeling is like, it's, that's time is over. Yeah. The statement was made. Somebody came out and made a statement. What should have happened when Colin Kaepernick started that kneeling is instead of everybody kneeling, everybody should have came together and said, man, what can we do with our power, with our resources, with our influence to actually make change in these communities? You play for the San Francisco 49ers. What are you doing in Oakland to help the niggas and, and that's struggling in the ghetto? If you play for the St. Louis Rams, what are you doing in the, in the cities of St. Louis to actually help some of them people out, to actually help stop some of the poverty and the issues that cause the police brutality, that cause the violence we have between one another? You know what I'm saying? I think instead of NFL players kneeling and stopping, you know what I'm saying, kneeling before the flag, 
They could just stay their ass in the back while, stay that, in the back. while that goddamn anthem is going on. That's they a, come really out and play their game. In itself. That's a statement. People think, still going to hate them if they stay and in the think, back. But I think regardless, they're going to hate you because you a nigga. And I okay. think that these players are realizing, yo, we nothing but niggas to them. And so for that, uh, now for a cat like that, Dak Prescott, his message is definitely one of tucking his tail and hiding. His, his message is definitely, well, you can't beat the Cowboys. You can't beat the owners. You might as well go ahead and just do your thing. Might as well go ahead and just make a good showing. Damn that, though. Damn that. If everybody stuck to what Colin Kaepernick did initially in saying, and I can't stand for a flag that doesn't represent my people and doesn't protect my people, if everybody got on the same page with that, this conversation could have ended a long time ago. The problem is the NFL owners is keeping the shit alive because they are taking the Donald angle. They taking the Donald Trump angle where anything to piss these niggas off is gonna make these crackers happy, and that's who coming to buying all the tickets. That's who goddamn all the season ticket holders and who's at every game. You know what I'm saying? The the in order to overcome what the Cowboys owners doing, or in order to overcome the racism that's in the NFL. You ain't got to not be a football player. You ain't got to not, you know what I'm saying, um, you know, you ain't got to tear down the whole goddamn league. You stay in the back while the white man doing his national anthem. Come out there and play your football, make your money. But outside of football, damn making a statement in front of the cameras and a statement for all the people on the field, go into the hood in this community and make your statement there, man. Every statement don't have to be in front of the goddamn NFL crowd Come. at the beginning of the goddamn game because that that kneeling does nothing. So they should take the kneeling away so brothers can't have a false sense of, I did something because I kneeled on that Come. field. Well, I stood up for black people because I kneeled on that don't field. Save nobody's life. It don't make no difference. Save nobody's what we life. need to do is say, damn kneeling, stay in the, in the locker room you understand? Because that's your right. You come out there and play, get your money, and take all your money and your resources and go back to the hood, go back to the community where your people are suffering, your people are starving, and teach them the lessons that you learned from being in the racist ass NFL. The NFL races as hell. The NBA races as hell. All of them sports leagues want to do the best they can to make sure a nigga stay in his place. You ever want to read up on it? Go read a book called uh, $40 Million Slaves. The white man knows what he's doing with these sports leagues, and he know at the end of the day, really, if niggas want that money, they're going to do whatever the hell the owners tell them to do. You know what I'm saying? So Dak Prescott, like I said, Dak Prescott is a slave and, and a coon, not because he came out against the protests, but because he fails to acknowledge the death and the dying and the suffering that our people is enduring all over this country. You could be an NFL player and still care about black people. You could he could have just shut his goddamn mouth and that said nothing. Shouldn't have said nothing, really. If you ain't got nothing good certain or positive, niggas, certain niggas shouldn't have said nothing about nothing. Listen, if you ain't got nothing good or positive to say about black people or say about our condition, you should shut the fuck up. I sure don't say this, this ain't the time and the place. As if the, as if a football game is so sacred, like that's the God's day. This the shut, but, like what are you talking? And about? And on top of that, though, okay, if the football game ain't the time and the place, when it is, nigga, that's what you I'm ain't saying. talking you, about. You no are fo- like I can see why somebody would think that you are a football player. Yeah, it yeah. ain't too many times you get in the limelight. Yeah. And, like, and there's nothing wrong with talking about it when you finish the game. You Come. finish the game like Colin Kaepernick did. Colin Kaepernick did the most respectful thing that he could being a football player and loving black people. And the white man showed you that he the devil the Bible speak of because he don't give a damn about no niggas suffering, no niggas dying. Nigga, you not dying. You not suffering. Run this goddamn football. Shut your mouth and do what you told or we're going to take your millions away. 
what I'm saying? And when you're playing in a dirty game like that, this white man's corporate world, his athletic world, his entertainment world, it's all the bottom line is what the white man say is what go. You understand? So if you find yourself with them talents and them abilities like the NFL players got, they need to come into the ISUPK and pay their ties. We don't need NFL players and NBA players standing up and being the, you know, the, the moral authority for black people. Hell, that's what our job is. But what them brothers need to do is support the men who are the moral authority. A lot of them athletes and entertainers, they don't have answers for the problems that's facing our people. They don't need to have those answers. They should be able to go play their basketball, go play their football, go rap and sing your songs, and not worry about having all the answers to the solutions for black people. You don't see the Chinese going to Jackie Chan asking Jackie Chan, what you gonna do with all your acting money? How you gonna fix the neighborhood? You feel what I'm saying? We shouldn't, the pressure to revolutionize black people shouldn't be on NFL players like Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott shouldn't feel pressure to have to come out and say anything either way about the goddamn man. But because we in such a destroyed state in this country, brothers don't realize that to be a real, I mean, to don't realize that they can take a lot of power with their status and with their position by just supporting the people who, who don't have that status and don't have that position. Them cats should go be able to play their football game, run that ball, get that cash, and then pay 10% to ISUPK, live their life, and let us take on the burden of fixing the people and raising our brothers and sisters up and fighting with the white man's corporate structure. You understand? Them cats, them athletes should be free to be able to just play their goddamn games and mind their business. You know what I'm saying? But they should be supporting the real brothers who got the answers and is putting in the work to make sure our people get delivered. And that's what we're doing in the ISUPK. And he and angry black man media. So the Dak Prescott story and all of the backlash, a lot of NFL players came out and was against what Dak Prescott was saying. NFL told the Cowboys owner to just shut his goddamn mouth. You're talking too much. And to go to show you how much of, the, of a devil Jerry Jones is, while well, he went and said that all the players on the basketball team going to stand, I mean, on the football team going to stand up for the national anthem, the damn national anthem came on by, uh, around the practice time. And the nigga wouldn't even take his hat off. Who? That, um, the owner. Jeremy Jones. He don't Jerry give a fuck about none of that. He don't give a fuck about none of that. What he does he give pledge a fuck allegiance about, though, to the money. It's white people. He <laughs> knows white people will come to them games. Yes, it is. Cowboys is America's team for many reasons. And he knows that all he, he got to do is placate to them old good old southern <laughs> Alabama, Texas, Louisiana <laughs> crackers. And all that money that he got going to get paid. You feel what I'm saying? And so when you're fighting against a monster like that, in such a position of status and power like that, you, you know what I'm saying, it's difficult for one man in the football arena to be able to take on the whole goddamn corporate structure of the NFL. That shouldn't be their responsibility. They should, but what they should be doing is leaning on the men who do have the power and the authority and the plans to be able to checkmate these devils and all of their power, positions of power and influence over our people. So from one sellout athlete in Doc, Dak Prescott, the next thing I wanted to talk about was LeBron James and the amazing accomplishment that he reached this week when he opened up a school in Akron, Ohio. Now, do you know any details about the school? I know everything's free. Yes. All right, so they're going to give GED programs to the parents or something? Yes, here's the thing. Okay, so LeBron opened up a school in Akron. It's a public school, but they're only accepting fourth and fifth graders, Right. So it's a school just for fourth and fifth graders, but the way that the school is set up is that most schools start out there. They only do, only do a few grades first. Yeah, do a few grades first. So what he's doing is 
for these fourth and fifth graders, he they, um, he's taking all of the at-risk students. So basically, the kids who are struggling in record school, the kids who are having a hard time, maybe you know below average on their uh, test scores, reading might be low, math might be low, may have parents with problems at home, broken home, father in jail, single mother on welfare, whatever the case may be. They, LeBron James and his team is identifying who are the most at-risk kids in Akron, who are the ones closest to failing or not having no hope. They're taking them in the fourth and fifth grade, which is what, eight or nine years old? Come on. About eight or nine years old, and they're enrolling them in this school. Now, when the school opens up, for the parents and for the children, everything is free. The kids, is they go to the school for free. They provide them with free uniforms. They give them a free bicycle. They give them uh, money for transportation back and forth to the school. The school day lasts longer. The school day starts at like 7, but school don't let up until 5 o'clock in the afternoon. So they get these kids, and they get these kids more time to be in school, so they less time in the streets and help their parents with jobs to be able to work that slavery, get off, and come get your kids in time. Also, he's paying for everybody's breakfast, lunch, and a snack every day. Every kid in the school ain't got to worry about no money for no food, no lunch, none of that. The school taking care of it. So the uniform's free. Clothes, I mean, the uniforms is free. That's clothing. Free transportation. Free food. Free schooling. And the class sizes are smaller so that the t teachers can really pay attention to each student and every each student can get the attention that they need in order to make sure that they have the best opportunity possible to be able to make it out of the fourth and the fifth grade. And them years is very pivotal years in, in a young kid's life in the hood. You feel what I'm saying? Um, another thing that LeBron did um, with the school is, like you said, for the parents of the children, they offering free GED classes, free psychological help, you know what I'm saying, free uh, uh, social services help, you know what I'm saying, making sure every kid's parents got a caseworker and things like that. Also, every child that passes through that school that finishes the fourth grade and finishes the uh, fifth grade, if that child goes on to graduate high school, LeBron James is paying for their college tuition. They go to the University of Akron right there in Ohio, their college is paid for and so, it's a breath of fresh air to see someone with the position and the power of LeBron James not forgetting about where he came from. You understand? Angry Black Man Media is built on one scripture in the Bible, and it's Ecclesiastes 7 and 7. And that scripture says, surely oppression maketh a wise man mad. Everybody always asks, why y'all so mad? Why y'all so angry? We angry because we see the suffering. We see the oppression. We see the traps set in this system for our people to keep us destroyed and because we see that oppression and we wise it makes us angry at the at the, the man who's in power that's oppressing us and the people of our own race that help in the oppression you know what i'm saying so to see lebron james after all of his millions after all of his accolades and the you know what i'm saying being a basketball star all of the endorsements the nike commercials and the shoes that he's selling this is a brother who is doing the best that he can and giving back to the community where he came from. LeBron James, a cat that grew up with a, no father wasn't there, mama was a hoe. You understand? He barely making it through school in his fourth and fifth grade years. He said, what is his hardest? He was suffering, had attention deficit and all these different things. And he felt like if, if because of his basketball ability, he was able to get all the attention and the help, you know what I'm saying, in order to be able to help him be the man that he 
became. He wants to give the same thing to these kids. Even though these kids ain't got no basketball skills, even though they ain't the smartest, even though they're not the brightest, they're the ones that the school system want to just push through or sweep under the rug. He grabbing them kids up at eight and nine and saying, nah, man, there's a better life. There's a better opportunity for you. There's better choices that you could be making out here. And we're going to, because I love y'all and I care about y'all, y'all from my city, I'm coming back and this is how I'm going to leave my mark. A lot of athletes, could, and it's a beautiful thing about what LeBron James did with that school. LeBron James didn't start a GoFundMe page. Mm-hmm. LeBron James didn't ask for, you know, donor donations from black uh, institutions. He didn't LeBron go to James the, not ask me for a goddamn thing. I'm saying, but I'm, here's what I'm saying. Yeah. He did it. This, this, this is what I feel like I know about LeBron James. He don't really trust them crackers. Like, he don't really trust them crackers like that. And so a lot of athletes, they give their money to foundations, yeah, they give different organizations. So they do and LeBron James started his own foundation, put his own homeboys in charge of it, and it's him and his homeboys that's behind the school, that's behind delivering these kids. Like he so ain't I, just, I heard about You always hear about athletes giving money away, but you know, yeah, you, you don't know where they had you, money you don't hear nothing like this where they actually build something. Exactly. And so hopefully a lot more athletes will start following the trend that this brother's setting because what he's doing is amazing. And then I just like the way, I mean, I don't know. It's not because I don't care about the cat being a basketball player. The way that he talk and he speak about black people and speak about the kids, it's like he actually cares. He actually give a damn. He ain't forget where he came from. And so I'm hoping a lot of athletes, man, take heed or, or just take an example out of LeBron James' book and really start to put their money where their mouth is when it comes to caring and fixing and trying to do something good for the community. Everybody, you feel what I'm saying? But I wish I could go to that school, bro. I watched a little Brown jump. School? Yeah, they were walking by the classroom. The front, that little picture I saw looked like a damn mansion or something. Yeah, that don't look nice. But when you come inside the classrooms, they got these damn, they had a, on, on everybody's desk, they had like a pack, a bundle of clothes and shoes and shit, like seven, eight shirts. I'm like, man, them kids going to be fresh as hell in that school. <laughs> LeBron James come through every couple months, gave hey, us up with y'all. Come shoot a little <laughs> I'd be out there. I'd be trying to dog LeBron. I'd be like, this is grade. I'm going to cross LeBron up when he comes But it, I think it's going to, I mean, we'll see the effect that it has. But, shit, if I could imagine, if I was in fourth or fifth grade and LeBron James built the, you know what I'm saying, built a school in my city and came and told us, man, you could be whatever you want to be. You just apply yourself, work hard, the sky's the limit. you college paid for. Like, that's real help. You feel what I'm saying? And, Lord willing, them kids, they'll... They'll get, come of age, go to college, get a degree, and they not going to turn their back on the hood because they got the example of LeBron James. Like, a lot of them black kids going to grow up. The ones who are successful, they going to look back like, yo, if it wasn't for LeBron, man, I don't know what I would have did. I would have been fucked up. Fourth grade, my mom's doing this, my dad ain't dead, don't nobody care about me. Like, he going to deliver a lot of kids from the traps now, whether or not they – you know, whether or not they become righteous is, is, is really the big point. They need to find their way into the truth. But for a cat in the world who's doing the best he can, I think LeBron James should be saluted, man, for the things that he's doing. I think that's a, I was a beautiful sight for me to see. A lot of niggas online was like, yeah, well, LeBron ain't get with Dr. Umar. Because ain't no goddamn – Dr. Umar ain't want no school, man. He wanted to get y'all money and go – Pop bottles in the strip club with hoes, man. Cause niggas gave that nigga like a million dollars, bro. If he wanted to build a school, he would have did it. He can build a school with a million dollars. I don't know about all that. I'm just saying he got money. What happened to the money? it might, it might be waiting for Where Umar money? money? Nah, bro. I don't think he can build a school with a million dollars. Bro, Umar was in the strip club. So what? He got a million dollars of black people money, period. 
I don't know. But I'll say this. LeBron James does seem way more honest than Umar does. Yeah, but no, I can, like I can believe the sentence that LeBron James says over yeah. Umar. Even what though I'm saying, okay. I can believe him more. Like when he talk, yeah. I believe him over Umar, Umar Johnson. Umar Johnson seems like he kind of trying to like he um, hustling. He hustling you a little. But bit. that's what the point. That's what, okay. But I don't know. What well, bothers me though, what bothers me is that in the midst of all this greatness that LeBron is doing, niggas was like. Where's Umar? Well, he go to Umar. Like, bro, them niggas is bootleg. That's why ain't nobody go to Umar. <laughs> niggas is bootleg. You understand? I mean, what, what what would he offer them? Huh? What would he have offered Umar? I don't know money. Cause Umar was asking for money. He was asking black niggas back to Africa school. school. Man, listen, bro, you got to be morally righteous and morally honest in order to be able to be in a leadership position over black people. And that's why cats like that, you know, he was doing some with some, some with some hoes, some triplets. That's what I'm saying. The nigga took the money and was fucking with strippers. The stripper out of them. Okay, but you had videotapes. You don't and know shit. that that money was going to the strip. Uh, here's what I. This is what I know. A nigga that's going. Nigga that's at the strip club is not a man that's to have a school that my kids. That's go true. That is. I can't argue. With I don't that. want. That's, I don't want the man that's in the strip club with strippers and hoes teaching my young daughter. <laughs> you can be something. You when can you be grow up. Damn that. You understand? That's why Dr. Umar Johnson. <laughs> shit ain't <laughs> never come to pass. This poll is for you. Exactly. Nah. Damn that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but LeBron James is a real man. He a real brother, man. What he did by building that school and providing that opportunity for them kids was real stand up. What he need to do is come into the truth in the ISUPK, pay his tithes, you understand? Because the first step is what he's doing, giving back to the community, putting his money up, helping the kids out. But what those people need in Akron, Ohio, what our people need in Detroit, Michigan, what our people need in Montgomery, Alabama, and Philadelphia, PA, is righteousness. We need more morality. You understand? It's not just about your status in America and making it good and going to college. It's about being righteous and serving the most high and finding your intended purpose on this earth. We wasn't here. College, God didn't put us here for college. God ain't put us here to amass all the wealth and get as rich and wealthy as we as we can. God put us here to serve him, to obey him to raise our nation up to rule over this earth. And the only way the black man, Latino and Native Indian man can get back to their original place on the top is if we get back to the laws of the Most High and obeying him, man. There's, a, there's levels to this thing. And brothers like LeBron James, they getting to a certain level, you understand? A lot of the different things that I'm seeing as far as black independent thought in America is concerned, we getting to a certain level. But until you get to that level that the ISUPK is on, of, of establishing a strict foundation of morale, of moral righteousness in our communities. Everything we set out to do was going to fail. Black, black people done did great things in the past, like Black Wall Street. Yeah. That was some great and amazing. And again, that fall and eventually fell just, down. Because the Lord ain't with you. So the, the, what LeBron James is doing is a good, good step, but it got to be more. You understand? And that's why we do the work that we do. That's why you brothers and sisters should get down with the work that we do and support us, man. Support the ISUPK, go to our website, isupk.com, pay your tithes and continue to support the men who have the leadership and the guidance and the direction to really fix the problems that's in our community. You know what I'm saying? But salute to the LeBron James, and I look forward to seeing more from these athletes and these entertainers as it, as it concerns the plight of our people. Um, this is the one thing. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you did enough research to, to know whether or not, but um, are you sure there ain't no white man behind all this? Secretly, mm. okay. I know it's LeBron James Foundation is the is the person uh, paying. Yeah, God, uh, 
organization plan. It's the organization, yes. Okay. And so whatever funding, whatever whatever money that was donated or whatever money they got up, it, got, it came up through the foundation. Through that, okay. And that foundation, though, in that city of Akron, Ohio, nothing was there before LeBron James started. What you mean? Meaning there were no, no programs in place for at-risk youth or, you know, big... Big, uh, you know, that's, that's push small, to try and deliver. It's a pretty small city, right? Acronym. Yeah, it ain't that big. You know what I'm saying? But this is like a lot of them small cities in the Midwest. It's yeah. Just old, old uh, factory towns yeah, that been shut down. People poor, broke as hell, drugs, ain't nothing else to do. So niggas just getting high and robbing and shooting and stealing. You know what I'm saying? LeBron James, his foundation has raised money to come and to make a difference in that city. Okay. So for that little ass city, He's doing a lot for the people that's in that city. And if every athlete from every little hole in the wall city across the country would do that, then, yeah, we, we could show that we independent and don't need this, this white man for all the shit that he got. You feel what I'm saying? We got a, a, lot, a lot more athletes did what LeBron James did. You could have a whole K-12 through school instead of it being fourth or fifth grade. You feel what I'm saying? So... Lord willing, that's the direction that we going, man. But I, I think a lot, a lot of cats, either the, a lot of cats, they, they really do it for themselves. For sure. I noticed that too. A lot of cats that do, especially in, in sports, because mm-hmm. a lot of the cats they they really ain't think you know, smartest motherfuckers, smartest intelligent people, mm-hmm. or they, they don't not when I say smart, they don't think about anything bigger. Yeah. Than the football and the money. All they think about is hoes and partying and, and they care about the sport. VIP. After that, this is money all. and hoes and. That's Most of them just do it for themselves. That's all. And the thing is, it, it, it's a, a personal life. It's an easy life for an athlete to only care about playing his sport. It's very easy. Only care about getting his money and taking care of his family. Shit. A lot of them cats look at it like shit. You wasn't with me going to fucking tour days and practice and lifting weights and getting yelled at and you know separating my shoulder and all that shit. Like you niggas wasn't there. I don't owe you niggas nothing. But that's because a lot of brothers forget what they forget about that struggle and forget that they wasn't the only one. LeBron James was a brother who, because he was exposed to all the fame and everything at such a young age, he was able to really wrap his mind around establishing the legacy and really helping other kids who didn't make it out because they wasn't LeBron James. So I admire the cat for taking an extra step. A lot of people may say it ain't a lot he could be doing more, but God damn it, he's doing something. That's a lot. That's pretty big. That's what I'm saying. He's doing way more than... That's pretty big. You know what I mean? Can't Muhammad Ali got up there and talked a whole lot of shit. Muhammad Ali ain't go fight in Vietnam, but I don't know if Muhammad Ali built no goddamn school. We always talk about Oprah and them building school in Africa, 50 Cent building school in Africa. Everybody always say, man, where's the school for the hood? LeBron James built the school for the hood and paying for everything. Nigga, everything paid for. Your kid ain't got to do nothing. Now, Lord willing, them, them parents is going, that's brotherhood, man. Really, was, is what LeBron James is doing is really just about giving a fuck. Just about caring a little bit, man. He got enough money for some kids in fourth and fifth grade to pay for everything. Man, that's not even damn near a quarter of his salary probably. To get all them kids food, lunch. How many kids in the school? I don't know. Five, 500? 300? You know what I'm saying? It's but only fourth and fifth grade, so that's what I'm saying. It's only fourth and fifth grade, but that's a big step. You paying for everything. All they gotta do is show up. Like no, shit, that's making it sweet. You that's know what I'm saying? saying? That's a lot. You can't you can't front on that. I, I can't say how you could front on that. Yeah. Only yeah. way I could front on that is if, if it's really a white man paying for everything. 
Or, that's the only way I can front on it. Or if you a Other nigga, than that, I can't really front on it. Or if you a nigga that just hate LeBron James because he's oh, the yeah, greatest basketball that, player that you've ever seen. Or that even, don't be mad at him because he's like better than Jordan really, You really, if you hate on that, you just really hate LeBron. Yeah, y'all niggas. I can't see how you can hate on that. It's niggas that's like, yeah, and nigga build schools and shit. This is only fourth and fifth grade, though. Niggas online talking about What about sixth grade, though? Why Holly Umar, man? What about kindergarten, nigga? Y'all better salute motherfucking LeBron for that shit he did, man. That's a big step. And he he's doing some good work, you know what I'm saying? So. That's encouraging, man. That's real encouraging for all the things that, all the things that's going on with black people right now. It's good to see that some motherfuckers is, is waking up and realizing the times that we're in. And that really we can't depend on this white man to do everything for us. We got to do some things ourselves. You know what I'm saying? So, salute to LeBron James on that, man. Uh, next couple of topics I want to talk about. Okay. I want to talk about. I'm starting to see more and more on that. I don't want to say subliminal messages, but this is a reoccurring theme with the Angry Black Man podcast when it comes to entertainment and when it comes to movies. A lot of movies I've been seeing lately that's movies that's produced by black producers or got black writers or got black directors. I'm starting to see some real thorough messages for black people in these movies, meaning... Like I said, there once was a time in the late 80s and the early 90s where you had a lot of black hood movies, a lot of suffering, the plight of black people movies. You feel what I'm saying? You had Boys in the Hood, you had South Central, you had Fresh, Clockers, New Jersey Drive, Paid in Full, Juice, New Jack City. All of those movies had messages, you undertone, know what I'm saying, for black people. Undertones. They had social... Social themes. commentary things, yes. yeah. where a lot of things was being exposed and discussed about the black suffering and the black plight and the drug dealing and all those different things. But those movies went away in the 2000s. Like the 2000s, up until now, only black movies you had was Tyler Perry bullshit. Yeah. Or, you know, something about some gay man doing something gay. Really, it was just Tyler Perry movies. For a minute, it's been Tyler Perry movies. I don't know what. They ain't been a good Spike Lee movie. They're they, 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 they trying to make a resurgence recently. But no, that's what I'm saying. They are, giving, they are giving these black people in Hollywood opportunities to make movies. And all the movies that these brothers are cranking out is, is good, man. They, they niggas need to go see them. Because these brothers are speaking to y'all in a way that we can all understand. And I don't know if white people are going to understand I went and saw yesterday this movie called Sorry to Bother You. The movie Sorry to Bother You stars the brother, uh, the brother from uh, Get Out. That guy. Yeah, from Get Out. The one that they flashed the he camera. Flashed the light and he was going crazy. He was going, oh, shit. <laughs> Get out of here. He also was in the movie Atlanta with, um, man, in the movie in the show Atlanta with the boy uh, Childish Gambino, right? Forget his name in that show. Now, in this movie, I ain't going to tell y'all the whole movie. I'm just going to give y'all a little bit of the movie, right? But everybody should go see Sorry to Bother You. Go see Sorry to Bother You. It was a movie. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go and try to get some of these cast names so I can get y'all the details. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to give you the director's name, and I'm going to give you the brother's name. All right? you know, he, got a, he got a job where he had to be a telemarketer. But yes. he had like an amazing white person voice. Yes. To where his voice actually sounded like he was really white. Yes. So I'm a, That's all I, I know about the movie. All right. I'm going to give you some things. All right. Now, I don't know when the movie came out. It must have just came out because I'm seeing reviews from today. I saw um, I saw trailers for it. Yeah, it probably just came out. I saw trailers for a bunch of movies. No sweat. No sweat. Um, let me see. Sorry Is to bother you. Is she a sister that one? I don't know if she's a sister. 
Sorry to Bother You is the first film written and directed by the cool frontman Boots Riot. Okay. Cool? Cool frontman. Cool. Yeah, it's like, it's like a. Um, C O U P? Yeah, C O U P. Or it could be the Coop. Probably Coop. It's a, it's a group. Um, I think based out of uh, Oakland, a little band or whatever. Mm-hmm. The cast name is Boots Riley. He's the writer and the director for this movie, right? Now, you go see the movie. It's entertaining. It's funny. It got a lot of little, you know what I'm saying, little comedy in it. But the message of the movie is deep and heavy concerning poverty, corporate greed, and being a black man breaking your way into white, into the white establishment. And this cat is poor. Poor than poor, and you know what I'm saying? He get a job. The job is a telemarketing job. He, hey, how you doing, Mr. Johnson? My name is so and so. Mr. Johnson, hang up. Hey, how you doing, Miss Ann? Something, something. She hang up. The cat sitting, uh, the uh, old cat sitting next to yeah. him, Danny Glover, was like, man, listen, young blood, you ain't gonna be never making it in this business <laughs> talking like that. You got to use your white people voice, dude. Like, man, I ain't got no white people voice. He was like, sure you do. We all got that white people voice. He's like, I ain't talking about that old proper bullshit. Not that old, hey, how you doing? I'm talking about that real straight up white man talk. He was like, that white man talk that the white man wish he could talk like. I'm like, listen, you got a voice in you. Here's how you do it. So then Danny Glover make a call. Somebody answered. And this is, I'm talking about the whitest voice you ever hear. It's life. really just a voice actor doing it. It's a voice actor yeah, doing it's it. It's really not his voice. It's a voice actor. <laughs> but it's like a, it's like a, it's, a, it's like, like they said, satire yeah. or the whole concept of doing the white voice. But here's, this was funny though. The shit was real. Like the white, like the way that they did the, the way that they broke down the white voice and the way that they use it in the movie. We all know we all a brother. We all know a brother who got that white voice in him. Many of us got that white voice. I'm talking about. The shit funny, bro. But anyway, the cat, he he he, with the white voice, he start making sales and he break his way up into the company. But then there comes some conflict where he gotta choose: is he gonna go and focus on making the money, or is he gonna ride with all the coworkers and build this union shit? Of course, there's a moment where the niggas sell out. He do some sellout shit, and when he gets to that next level, he start to rise up the ranks in Esau world. Esau, of course, the the more he move up, the more Pressure they start to put on them to do all types of sellout shit. There's some dialogue in this movie, bro, where they take, where they, all right, there's a point in the movie where they tell the brother, listen, we want you to, we're gonna give you a $10 million, $100 million contract. Sign with us for $100 million, five years, all you gotta do is work for us in this program. I ain't gonna, okay, I can't give away the thing, but part of the Part of the pitch that the white man made to him to sell out. He was to compromise his integrity. But the white man said, for these, to, the, the, they were trying to get him to sell out. And in trying to get him to sell out, the white man said, what we need is a modern day Martin Luther King mm-hmm. to come and tell these people that working for worry free is good and that they got, you know, it, it increases their level of their humanity and makes them better people when really we just want somebody to keep them shut up and keep them working. And then for them to say that, Let's me know that they know Martin Luther King. They know Martin Luther King was some bullshit. They, they know, know Martin Luther King was a goddamn sellout, yeah. and they know that what Martin Luther King did destroyed black people. Because the cracker straight up, the white man in the movie straight up say, "We need us a modern day Martin Luther King to tell these to get these people to calm down and to make them feel good about serving us and about being slaves." And that could be you. You could be our mouthpiece with the way you talk, with that voice you got that's so amazing. You could captivate all these people. 
and get them to continue working, you know what I'm saying, stay in these, basically stay slaves. But it was a good ass movie, bro. You don't hear that. You don't hear that too often. You don't hear shit like people that. Don't, people don't. People don't usually um, fill out recognize that Martin Luther King was a sellout. And it's very rare. It's very rare. It. And the symbolism in the movie, you can tell there's a movie about black people and white people and America. Like, bro, I can't get a movie with you. I gotta go see it. Yeah. But you watching the movie, you gonna be like, God damn! Like this cat, the man who wrote the movie, this black, this brother who wrote and directed this movie, he understands oppression. And he understands how the white man is using sellout niggas to oppress us further. And he take you behind the scenes of what a lot of them sellout niggas got to do and go through in order to get down with that white man the way they do. You know what I'm saying, man? That movie was crazy, bro. Now, it's some... Okay, it's one of them, like, white people humor movies. That's so white, white people got some... It's not even white people humor. It's, it's, it's more... Um, it's more sarcasm. It's more sarcasm. And in your face kind of, you know, goofy. It's not, because black people humor is up front and, yeah, and yeah. easy to see. Yeah, yeah. White people, they real sly and slick with their humor. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and you could tell that there was some white guys who was like, all right, in this scene, I want you to do this. <laughs> yeah. And I want you to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know movies like that. You got to deal with them scenes in those movies like that. But <laughs> the overall message about oppression and about poverty and about the powers that be suffering causing the people to suffer and starving them out in order to make them ready for prison was heavy in that movie, man. So if you get a chance, go see it now. There's some things about black women that I did. You can tell the cat, no, he got an issue with black women. Who the? Who made the movie? You said some stuff you don't agree with? Nah, it's just, it's just the black woman as a whole. Disloyal as a motherfucker in the movie. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they be home sometimes. They be home sometimes. It's a impressive problem too. But it was a good movie. Sorry to bother you. Trust me, y'all. It'll be worth your time. It'll be worth your while. It'll cause you to think. Now the movie crazy as shit. Other than the the message, everything else in the movie is fucking ridiculous. It's crazy. <laughs> but it's a good time. I really enjoyed it, man. Had me laughing and shit. So go check it out. Like I said, the movie is called. Uh, sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. Written and directed by Boots Riley. The brother's name is Lakeith Stanfield, the main uh, Stanfield. the main character in the movie. Man, he's a weird, a real good movie. In like. real life, he's a weird. He's, he's a weird though in real life. He's real. Very but he's weird. okay. Also, watching this movie though, that acting shit isn't that easy, bro. It's not. You got to be a different person. In this movie, there are scenes where it's just two. It's just two actors, but they gotta act like a whole bunch of comedy, funny shit. And it's like, bro, that'd be hard if you just standing <laughs> in this set. It's just you and another motherfucker, and this is some goofy background, and then y'all got to just pretend some shit happening that ain't really yeah. happening. Like, that shit is skill, bro. That's, but that's very much sorry to bother you, man. It's a real good movie. If y'all, if y'all have seen it, let me know what y'all thought about it, man. I'm going to chop this clip up and make it a video on YouTube where I, it's gonna be, this is going to be my little movie review. Um, I guess my non-spoiler movie review, and if people want me to do an in-depth review about the messaging and some of the dialogue, I'll do that. You know what I'm saying? But that's it on that, man. Um, Sorry to bother you. Another thing I want to talk about in entertainment this week. Okay, last Sunday, Kendrick Lamar did a feature on the show Power, right? And I was, I, I was, I like the show Power. I watch it. It's like modern day soap opera. It's like you know what I'm saying, nigga. Like as the world turns for this modern generation, all them shows Power. Uh, what's the one on Fox with the? Uh, Empire. Empire. All them little shows like that is really just 
black soap operas. That's how I look at them. That's true. All the different twists and turns. It's just, oh, shit to make you, oh, can't wait for next week's episode. She's having sex with who? Yeah. He killed who? Oh, yeah, it's just crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. Who's going to take down <laughs> who next? This is the whole season. Yeah. And listen, watching shows like Power, <laughs> these niggas' lives be fucked up, bro. They don't be taking no medicine. They don't go see no shrink. They just be taking them. They just be rolling with the punches, man. The next. Like, that cat life on Power fucked up. The nigga, the ghost nigga, he going through so much shit. It's like, damn, is, is bro. Is he still on the club? Man, I can't even talk about it. Oh, bro. man. It's crazy. Shit, up and down, back and forth. Anyway, Kendrick Lamar was on there this week, and Kendrick Lamar played a crackhead. Yeah, I thought he was gonna be on there trying to do some rapping shit or something like that, but he was just straight up acting. He was a crackhead, but straight every he appeared on the screen maybe five times out the whole show. But every time he was on screen and the words that he spoke, Kendrick Lamar was speaking about in his own little way. Kendrick Lamar was trying to give brothers and sisters some truth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He talking, and it's the same way he talks about the black, he talking to some Hispanics. And he like, man, Poppy, I'm trying to tell you, man, we all the same race. We all niggas, we all was brought over here. They, you know what I'm saying? The, the, you think they look at me and you different, but if they chop us all up in the blender, we all pink like pussy. Some shit he said. Yeah. But this Hispanic <laughs> dude was like, man, somebody will hear that shit you crack at. He like, man, I'm trying to tell you. We the chosen people. All this Babylon is, is okay, he throw this Tower of Babylon shit in there. To speak about the languages. Yeah. This is the, so when I say he tries to give brothers and sisters some truth, Kendrick Lamar really is saying he's saying it to a Puerto Rican in the in the show. But if you just watching it, what he's really saying is blacks and Latinos is the same people. Yeah, we all the same. We all one race. We've been conquered here and been destroyed here. They trying to get us to fight each other. This Tower of Babel nonsense, meaning the dividing of the languages, make me and you think we we beefing when we the same people. So I thought that was heavy, and, and Kendrick Lamar, for all of entertainers, he's the only one who's come out and been bold and making a statement to say he's an Israelite, he ain't black no more. You know what I'm saying? He, 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 he is bold, and that whole last album he had, and talking about his belief and his understanding of the Bible and different things, and so to see him take a cameo appearance on Power and use it to further speak to brothers and sisters about us being one race, us being one people, us having to come together and fight against the real enemy. I think things like that is heavy, man. And this cats like Kendrick Lamar, even though they, again, he should be able to just rap and do his music thing, make his money. He shouldn't have to be the savior of black people or the one to solve all our problems, but he should be supporting the men who do have the solution, supporting the men who are on the streets teaching and then he can go on TV and do little things like he did to make people be like, damn, what KD talking about? Oh, damn, that was heavy. He said blacks and Latinos, we all one race. Some people are aware enough to pick up on things like they that. Pick up on those things. Yeah, and so if you go, if you haven't seen Power This for the uh, past week, go check it out. Like I said, Kendrick Lamar had a good, good cameo on there, man. He used the opportunity to be on TV, to be in that role. To speak, you know what I'm saying, a little bit of truth to brothers and sisters about blacks and Hispanics being one people and being the same race and all those things. And it's good to be able to hear messages like that coming from TV, coming from movies, even if it's something that's vain like power. You know what I'm saying? You don't go to power to get black revolutionary thought, but you go on power, Kendrick Lamar, and they're talking about the blacks and Latinos as one race. To me, that was heavy, you know what I'm saying? Now, do you think his acting was, besides the message, do you think his acting was good? Like, as an actor Okay I can't really tell Because it's Kendrick Lamar So it's like Okay It'd be easier If it was just some nigga That was acting 
Okay. I can't really. If if I didn't know who he was, I would say he did a good acting job. Okay. Like for him to not, and the thing is about Kendrick Lamar, you don't really know too much about that nigga anyway. Yeah. So it's like looking at it, it's not like oh man, I can't believe this is the rapper Kendrick Lamar. I don't know who the fuck that nigga is. It kind of is though. Nice. Nah, really that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. I can't. T- I can't really. really <laughs> Here's what bothers me. I can't really judge it because I, I already know him as a rapper. So I'm looking at I him doing you. the acting role, and it's hard for me to. Even now, Fifty Cent. Every time I see him, he Fifty Cent. He not. He not you. who he is. He Fifty Cent. You. No matter what he do, he Fifty Cent. He Fifty Cent doing that. 50 I got cent you. Doing Fifty Cent. I got you. I got you. Okay. I mean, this is okay, hard. But then, if that's but, but, the case, his thing, but I, I would okay. It, if he does more acting, mm-hmm. I'll be able to judge it more. If he does like more regular roles, where he's just doing regular talking and just doing regular stuff, I I'll be able to see it more. Here's my thing, though. This is what I don't like about Power, bro. They just be murdering niggas out of like. A he scene. did this. He did pull up the nigga, with the bike. The nigga, yeah, the nigga in Fifty Cent riding on a little bicycle. I, when I seen it, when I first saw the handles, I'm like, they better not show this big nigga on the little ass bike. Showing up, they saw that big ass nigga on a little bike. Fifty just riding around the streets of New York, killing niggas with a Desert Eagle. He on a bicycle. He pulled a Desert Eagle out, shoot the nigga. Then there's a part with Kendrick Lamar. He had Lamar, a Desert so, Eagle. Yeah, the Desert Eagle take his shoulder off. Big dumbass gun. It's <laughs> a part with Kendrick Lamar talking to an amigo nigga. He talking to the Puerto Rican cat like, "Hey, Bobby, something, something. You should listen to us. Don't think too deep." The nigga Fifty come out with the cannon. Boom, blow the nigga brains out. Blood go all over Kendrick's face. I'm like, damn. Like, if y'all set up to kill a nigga, why you just gonna blow that man brains all in his face, bro? That shit <laughs> fucked up. Like, 50 don't give a fuck. He just shooting everything. That's not realistic, too, because New York, New York ain't as hard as it used to That's be. That's what I'm saying, York, bro. They just killing niggas in broad daylight. Yeah. Just <laughs> riding down. The, and it's funny, because every, every time somebody die in that show by drive by, it'd be the same street. I swear, about 50 niggas that got killed in that same street <laughs> road that bike down. Same all them, All the Migo niggas be getting caught stepping on that same block. Because every time they show them, <laughs> they show this block with niggas dying, it's the same background and everything. That's an unlucky-ass spot. That's all the permit. Them, that's what, it, that's what it, that's the film crew. All the Migo niggas dying right there. But, you know what I'm saying? Kendrick Lamar, like I said, he, he made a little bit of a statement. And it's things like that, like, okay... This battle that we fighting with this white man is, on the white man's part, a lot of it is very subliminal. A lot of us waking up now, so we able to see and realize the program, and they trying to push on us. But for a long, they've been pushing this programming on us for a long time, and we just starting to become wise to it. We just starting to become wise to the messaging in the movies and the commercials. Like every other commercial I'm seeing nowadays is a white, it's a black woman with a white man. That's true. I saw the commercial when they was in the car. Yeah. And she said something to him. Yeah. That's, that's very subliminal. That's very, that's very subliminal, bro. Very like subliminal. a ton of these commercials now, it's it's always one or two things. Sometimes they got the mixed kid, a little light skin. It's nigga. a black woman little, yeah. with a white man yeah. or it's a, a a nerdy black man <laughs> with, a, with a with a with a strong white woman. Yeah. Like sometimes they had a little mixed kid with the little hair. Had a little mixed kid with the funny hair. Yeah. Like they really pushing that. Too. They pushing that mind. They pushing in the black woman's minds. This is happiness. This is where the good life is. This is how you where you do it real quick though. You you only see you only know you you look at like because it's subliminal. It's very quick. It's subliminal. It's very subliminal. And so now what I'm starting to see in the entertainment is we starting to fire back subliminally. Okay. You understand? They've been putting subliminal messages out there to us. Now brothers are starting to put subliminal messages back out there for us to be able to receive what we need. And what I'm, I, what I'm trying to do is make sure that we're getting the message. A lot of these movies is going by, nobody talking about them. 
a lot of these little things, like, I'm going to have to go back out. I'm going to have to go back and, and, and watch the motherfucking Get Out. Might do a review on that. Like, it's a lot of movies that's been I saw, coming out I saw, lately. I saw something that made me mad about Get Out, too, recently. No, oh, man, what is it, bro? Not the, not, not the overall message that he was trying to bring out was still, it's still solid. It's mm-hmm. still, I still respect that. But it's, okay, it's another movie called, um, came out 20 years ago, something like that, um, being what's the cat? What's the guy's name? Being John Malkovich. Yes. Yeah. He got the whole idea from that. What you mean? The whole um, oh, in the second you in somebody place. Else's mind? Yeah. That's... Okay, I don't think so though. You gotta watch. Okay, watch the movie Being John Malkovich. Yeah. The whole idea of I'm in your subconscious. Yeah. Seeing what you see, that whole thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. That whole thing is from that movie. Okay, but. He took even how he filmed it was the same way. But he took that concept and flipped it to that's real what, life. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm saying, the uh, the overall message and yeah. how he does it was. You just, you just saying the style of the movie. You didn't like how he stole the whole. He stole the whole concept. All, right, all of that, all of that though, is just cinematography. I, I, bro. I, I it's just that. a no, way no, to no. tell the story. Not even the cinema, Even the way he did it was. It was just he, he got, you could tell he got that idea of being in somebody's brain and seeing what they see and yeah. you in their subconscious. Yeah, that's that's, that's like. Building a story. I guess I still take possible. Okay, about, I, I, guess, I guess people still do like. Okay, if you make a time, if you make a time travel movie, that yeah. don't, don't bar me from making another time travel movie. No, it don't. It don't. And people gonna watch a movie and say, "Oh shit, I seen this somewhere." Yeah, I, I seen that from that movie. This one, just because he got it from being John Malkovich. He still took it and made it his own. Yeah, it, it, he took that idea. It, it don't really take nothing from Get Out. This yeah, movie, yeah. Because I thought the Get Out shit was original. Oh nah, man. Nah. Why, I thought Damn, it was original. Damn, nothing you gonna see in movies is original. That's why I thought, I thought it was original. That's why. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. But shout out to the brother Jordan Peele. There's another movie coming out. Now I seen in the previews. There's a movie coming out called Black KK Clan. I'm gonna go see that, <laughs> bro. It's a Spike Lee movie. I think it's gonna be a real good movie. But watch for a lot of. <laughs> He said, I, I'm, I'm, he's, what he saying? I'm going undercover as a white man. Yeah. The way he said white was just, <laughs> yeah. white, white, white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going undercover as yeah. a white man. It, I, listen, I'm going to watch that movie. There's going to be a lot of messages in that movie. He had I the think. same voice as that nigga. He had the, um, he had the white man white voice. Man voice. <laughs> yeah, wait, listen, white go man. see Sorry to Bother You. Y'all going to see what I'm talking about. I want to see that. I, wanna, I, I got to see that Klansman video. That, that movie when it come out, mm-hmm. too. That mm-hmm. look good. A white man. White man. <laughs> But um, what else been going on this week, man? I, I don't know if I've been out the loop. Okay, announcements. There's something I'm missing. I just can't think of it right now. Yeah, some announcements right quick. This weekend, August 4th, we in Harlem, New York. You understand? For the ISUPK annual barbecue. We in uh, Marcus Garvey Park, April 4th from noon until the next day, April 5th. Captain Tazariak has a lecture. I'll give y'all the information for the lecture. Hold on. What's it called? These black women need to get right? Yeah, that <laughs> black woman need to get right. That's every lecture you do. Y'all black damn. women, get it together. Damn, that's man, that's damn. every lecture you do. But now nah, this one uh, is about, it's called, it's titled The Miseducation 2. Or oh, the, oh, the, the Miseducation of the Black Man? No, this is, this is the Miseducation of the Black Man and the Black Woman. You understand? This one is called uh, The Cure. August 5th, Captain Tazar Yagas, uh, The Cure. For the for the problems between black men and black women, August 5th, the address is 2279 3rd 